now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow up with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, we will start it with basketball, but yes, we are just constantly keeping an eye out for any sort of Sean Payton news since he is uh, interviewing today, reportedly. Man, it just feels like we're going to get movement on this, and that makes me happy. I want to throw. I want to follow this up. The stats we were talking about earlier. I don't. I don't want to do the whole conversation here on this. But we said we were going to look it up during one of the breaks, and so I did. Wolf, just in terms of games played. Okay. So in the NBA last year, five guys played all eighty-two games. Thirteen guys played eighty or more. Okay. Okay. So we were like, how far back do you have to go for a difference? So I just went back to twenty seventeen. Seventeen guys played all eighty-two games. Fifty-three played. 80 or more. That's a huge difference. That is a huge difference. You're talking about five years, six years? Yeah, not even five. Yeah, five. Five, exactly. Wow. Oh, man, that's stunning. Go back like six years before that. It's 32 guys played every game. 78 played 80 or more. So (laughs) this is a very recent thing where it's just like, I don't want to play every game this week. It would be like if, if, if everybody out there was like, yeah, I work Monday through Friday, but I take Tuesdays and Thursdays off every single week because I can't work back to back days. Yeah. It's Give very human weird. beings the path of least resistance and they will take it. Especially when things aren't going well. Indeed. All right. Um, the Phoenix Suns, Matt Ishbia, is going to be introduced as the new owner on February 8th, is the plan, at least. Well, the trade deadline is February 9th, two weeks from today. James Jones was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday and had this to say about when he's going to start talking basketball with Matt Ishbia. When it's final, we'll have have those types of conversations. Like I said before, up until this point, it's just really been um, kind of top level, high level, uh, macro vision. Uh, but we'll get into the details at some point soon. Boy, that is, you know, yeah, I, I, it seems logical. That'd be the logical way to proceed, right? Yet I, I, I will say I'm a little surprised at that. That well, we, they've had macro level conversations. They, it's been way up here in regard to you know basketball instead of getting down to the nitty gritty. Um, it's just I, I guess it seems like Matt Ishbia. Um, okay, he it's going through the process of closing on buying an organization. And I know there's a lot of legalities they've got to go through, a lot of issues. They've got to work themselves through. But you would think um, being in that kind of process, could you not still ask the homeowner some of the things that exist with their house while the process is going on? That's an interesting thought. Like if you're buying somebody's house, you don't start talking to them about serious things like as you're moving in. Yeah, you you kind of, you know, you're, hey, will you fix this, please? You need to fix this right here and get that taken care of. Yeah. Not afraid of picking up the phone and calling you and talking about what we expect, what our expectations may be. And, okay, I, I realize the deal isn't done yet. Um, but I, I would just, I don't know why. I know nothing of what I'm talking about because I am not a businessman, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not a lawyer. But it just seems odd to me that you haven't You're just talked. just all pro-commando. That's just, all you want. Oh, knock it off. It just seems odd to me that you have not talked basketball and about this team 
knowing that you're Matt Ishbia, somebody who knows the game and loves the game. Well, especially because if you want to just take this timeline literally, he's going to take over the team on the 8th and you got to make trades by the ninth. Are you going to start talking to <laughs> him like during the press be, conference? There's, there's got to be conversations that have been going on right now. There has to be, right? Yes. You would think so. I'm saying yes. Here's here's uh, more from James Jones on with Burns and Gambo. I expect so. I mean, I think it'll be be final. Um, and until that point in time, um, we'll continue to try to figure that part out. But definitely looking forward to it. You know, my conversations with Matt um, have been fleeting. Um, but overall, I know that he's excited about being a part of this and, and, and pushing us in another direction. So uh, I'm excited. I know our fan base and players can't wait for that day. I also want to throw this out there because you mentioned it to Kevin Ray earlier, but we never really got to get in it. Uh, the, the stat on DeAndre Ayton, what was the exact number, their record the last two years without 26 him? and 4. So technically it is 26, <clears throat> 26 and 7, technically, because they had three losses there without him at the end of last Correct, regular but season. I'm not counting them. The reason you're not counting them is because Devin Booker, Chris Paul, none of these guys played in those games last year. I went back and looked at the box scores. Jay Crowder didn't play, which now we just accept as Adam day down. of the year. Yeah, So nobody was playing in those games. They were kind of throwaway games at the end of last season. So technically, yes, they were 20, they're 26 and 7 the last two years without DeAndre Ayton, but for the purposes of trying to evaluate what your team is like, they're 26 and 4. That's a Kind of a staggering number. Well, think about it. They're eight and one without DeAndre Ayton in the lineup this year, Basinonians. And last year they were eighteen and three. Now, to your point, it was eighteen and six. Just because I know somebody's going to look and be like, "Let's oh, so you guys have the stat wrong." No, we don't have it wrong. We're count. We're cutting out the games where nobody played. So the Suns twenty six and four without DeAndre Ayton in the lineup in the last thirty games where he didn't play. Which is an 866 winning percentage. <laughs> 866, which is incredible. Um, you know, again, I respect DeAndre Ayton. Please understand that. I really do. But it makes me think even more than usual that DeAndre Ayton could be traded before the trade deadline. Uh, I, I, I just see that. that. That is exhibit A. Well, you know how I feel about him getting traded this season. And yeah, I, I disagree right. with you there, but um, right doesn't mean I'm right. But to your point, if we know that stat, I'm pretty sure James Jones knows that stat. And i got to be honest, the one that's more staggering is their record this year without him. Because Eight last months? year, yeah, because yeah. this year things haven't been going as well. Right. Like last year, you, you win 64 games. Your record without anybody is going to be good because you're winning every game. But this year, when you're just kind of hovering around 500, but you're 8-1 and one without your number one <laughs> overall pick, that's a little more significant. I, I did not know that until I walked in this morning and you pointed that out. So good for you. Yeah, you knew but, something before I knew it. You know, once again, though, it, it really is something that we we know the Suns are looking at, and at the same time, they know so much more about DeAndre Ayton than we do. Alright, when we come back, what does leadership mean to Dan Quinn? You're going to hear what Dan Quinn had to say about that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Cardinals head coaching search. Update. 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 Arizona Sports, Sean Payton, 
update. I've gone from coaching updates to specifically a Sean Payton update. Wolf, Aaron, do you have the uh, the tweet ready to go? I do. So, according to Kyle Odegaard, Sean Payton has been on site interviewing with the Cardinals for much of the day. He is currently eating lunch with owner Michael Bidwell and GM Monty Austinfort. <laughs> Does it say what they're eating? What's on the menu, Sean? Why don't you ask? <laughs> no, um, you're not going to get it. It's not going to happen. Okay, it is not going to happen today. If you were interviewing for a head coaching position in the NFL, yes. and you were eating lunch, what would you want them to serve you? I tell you, it's tough because you were saying this uh, during the break, like. Um, it's tough to really kind of like wine and dine somebody with a lunch menu. Like that's more of a dinner. Like we're gonna get steaks yeah. or lobster. We're gonna go somewhere. Like I don't know. But like lunch, it's like I get drive through. Yeah, but you know the food over at the facility is fantastic. You have good food it there. Is, no, it is top of the line stuff, and it's so good for you. Uh, salmon. I, I see them eating salmon. How about salmon for lunch? Yes. Bougie. Some salmon. Uh, what? Salmon for lunch? Yeah. That's what? bougie. Bougie. Yeah. What's bougie? Do you not know what bougie means? <laughs> uh, this feels like a teachable is, moment. Oh, no, I'm not sure I no. have the energy. Is this going to make me look old? Is uh, this going to honestly... No, just go ahead and Google it. Bougie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I have no I'm going to wait while you Google it. No, don't do it. Don't do it. No. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to Google Trust it. me. You, all you need to know is salmon for lunch. Salmon is, is good, man. It's not... Doesn't, bougie's not that it's bad. Here's here's what you do and I know this is going to gross some people out but maybe you you'll absolutely love it if you'll try it. But go ahead and take um some lemon and just squirt it all over the salmon and then take Frank's oh, hot sauce and just gun it <laughs> all on top of the salmon and you are going to be blown away how good that Frank's hot sauce is we, on top of that salmon. We need to do a bit and we're going to have to get like the video crew where it's just wolf cooking show right <laughs> and so somebody cooks no matter what it is at the end wolf comes in and is like and here's what you really want to add to it frank's hot sauce at the end it's so good hot man sauce on salmon. love it I, I think i'd be more inclined to try the hot sauce on ice cream first. salmon is the steak of fish is it not my brothers <laughs> it, it is <laughs> It's got texture to it that matters. It makes a difference. See, a lot of fish just kind of disintegrates in your mouth. Ideally. <laughs> I just can't stand that. Salmon is you the get steak chew. of fish. Yeah, you get to okay. chew it, man. you got to cut it with a knife. Well, I don't know for sure that they're eating salmon. Uh, if Wolf were there for the interview, he would hand Sean Payton some hot sauce right now and be like, hey, Sean, why don't you put this on your peanut butter sandwich? It'll be delicious. Wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall right there as they're eating over at the facility right now, sitting down? Well, how about this? I mean, if he if he's if he's there all day, it makes sense. Like, why would you fly out for 20 minutes? Hey, Sean, do you think that salmon is the steak of fish? <laughs> that would be your question? That would be, yes. My question would be, hey, Sean, do you think you're going to be coaching the Cardinals next year? That would be my question for Sean. Well, it sounds like it's going well if you believe Kyle Odegaard. If you're talking all day, that to me sounds like more than just, uh, yeah, we had Sean in here so we could say we had Sean in here. Yeah. Like, he's at least here. It's not a 20-minute. It's a long enough meeting where you're having lunch. 
Yes. You haven't eaten lunch since I met you. So for, <laughs> if the meeting is that long to where you're working meals into it, it's a pretty significant meeting. Yeah. And, you know, once again, these interviews, a lot of the time, face-to-face, they last a long time. And it's not unusual for them to have a meal together, whether it's dinner or, or lunch. It's not unusual for them to sit down. Now, now lunch and dinner? Oh, boy. That's like ding, a second ding. interview. Honestly? That it is. It's like the third interview. Yeah. It's like one, two, three. That's how they should do these things, right? <laughs> Did you get that? One, two, three. Yeah, I got it. Okay. <laughs> it's like the third interview is so much bigger than the second. It's the hiring interview. That's how as they, they should, like to say. They, they should categorize coaching interviews from now on of it was a lunch interview or a dinner interview because yes. like you know like if you go on a lunch date that's pointless right. but like a dinner date's an actual date a lunch date is cool you got yeah, lunch with a friend yeah you're exactly welcome to the friend zone you just had a lunch yes. date but a dinner date's totally different so that's how they should categorize these these coaching interviews it was a lunch interview okay they just wanted to say hi but a dinner interview yeah. that's like a second interview yeah not that I, I not that I know anything about dating because I don't basically I mean, it's right now it It'd be Dating almost, and interviews. You, you have told I us know this nothing week. about interviews. Yes, no, nothing about that. Nothing about business. As a matter of fact, it's. I look at my life based on earnings, and I look back at it. And it's just. It's pathetic, man. <laughs> it really is. Like there are so many things I don't know what to do or how to do it. It's incredible. I've played football, and I talk about playing football. You're the only person That's in this building done. that just got a poster <laughs> of him sent to him. You, oh, they all. They all broke commando. Okay. Yeah, right. You know what's great about this thing, too? Because I got this poster sent to me by um, a good friend. Greg Ladashevsky is the way that I'm going to pronounce it. Okay. But it's so great because these poster things, you can... (laughs) You could literally hit somebody with this. You walked and through the newsroom. I thought you were going into architecture or something. Wipe like that somebody out with that thing right now. The question I have for Sean Payton is, how are you going to wipe out the rest of the NFC West, Sean? Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that? What is your plan? Because that's what it's coming down to. you got to have a plan, and how are you going to implement that? you got to have a plan. How are you going to execute that plan? Because... You do that. You take a plan and the execution thereof, that equals the result, the outcome. What is the outcome? Where do you start? It's got to be Kyler Murray. Aren't you kind of encouraged if you're a Cardinals fan right now, though, and you want Sean Payton? Like, that that's the guy you've wanted. And I know a lot of Cardinals fans have wanted Sean Payton since November, maybe even longer. And... And you hear that the meeting is still going. Yeah. It was not, okay, we sat down for an hour or we had a Zoom meeting or whatever. No, he's here. He's in Arizona. I can tell you this. Not all of Sean Payton's interviews with teams have been in their cities. A lot of them have just been, hey, Denver, you can fly out to L.A. Yeah. Meet me. Um, So maybe that's, I don't like one of your owners, so you can fly out to L.A. and meet me. But he's here, and they've been together for a while now talking. I mean, if, if, if there were no chance, why would you keep talking? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You, you would would be like, okay, that. this isn't going to work. We can grab lunch to go. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, because they haven't had a, this is the first interview, correct? Yeah. This is it right it's, here. Yes. Yes. But if it keeps going, then maybe it doesn't have to be. So what happened is they had the first interview uh-huh. this morning and they they sat down, Monty, of course, and Michael Bidwell. And they said, you know what? This guy isn't a jerk. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> we can work with this guy. 
And then they, they probably decided to have something. I don't know, a little bite right there, something to eat. Salmon with hot sauce. And getting ready for the second vin- interview after her. Oh, after the they have interview. lunch, right? Have you Why really not? never interviewed for a job ever? No. But the NFL Combine's kind of like an interview. I, what? You're interviewing to play in the NFL. Yeah. In fact, every job should have a combine to interview people instead. I, I was interviewed once. It wasn't really an interview, though. It was just a conversation. It was a conversation I had many, many years ago. And it was just me and somebody that I have a great deal of respect for sitting in a room. And the interview process basically said, we want you to talk about five things. And I said, well, I'm not going to talk about the first two things. That's good. <laughs> Interview's going great. This is why you haven't been interviewed it's very somehow, often. Some way, I still got the gig. <laughs> so think about that. Um, I'm not going to go into details, ladies and gentlemen, but typically you, you don't tell the guy who's going to be your potential boss, well, the first two things I'm not yeah, going to do. those are off the table. That's usually like the weeding out process of like, okay, well, then you're out of here. It was so good. Anyways, I digress. Uh, back to Sean I think Payton this is a right big now. deal. This is a big deal, Luke. This this has gone from a few days ago. Yeah, it doesn't even sound like the Cardinals are going to interview yeah. Sean Payton too. Oh, they actually are yeah. going to interview him. Oh, they, and, and in person in Arizona, and it's it's lasting for a while. It sounds like. <laughs> I mean, honestly, how pathetic do we sound right now? It's lasting for a while. The conversation, you know, it's he showed up and now they're eating together and because they had a meal together and maybe it's salmon. That is the steak of fish. Not salmon. But I'm I'm just saying, um, why are we so optimistic because it's a lot better of a place than it was just a couple days ago. I think a lot of people had kind of just written Peyton off. And all of this is a much better place than it was four weeks ago. Because things are actually going along. They're having a pleasant conversation. Because, by the way, if they weren't having a pleasant conversation, who sits down to eat salmon? Who sits down to have right. lunch if you're not having a, a pleasant conversation? This is what we're going to do. Nobody wants to eat with somebody when you can't stand what the person is saying. Nobody eats salmon <laughs> right? at noon. Nobody. He wants to break bread with somebody that you can't stand what they're saying. We This is very true. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but you don't want to. We have to make this agreement right now on the show, because if they hire Sean Payton, that's who we're going to be talking to every Monday next season, right? Yeah. We got to ask him in that first uh, meeting, or the first interview with him, were you eating salmon in that first uh, yeah. interview with the Cardinals? Do you like salmon, Sean? <laughs> He's going to be like, this is a weird gig. That's the first one. Do you like salmon? And by the way, do, do you remember a guy that number twenty-four, Ron Wolfley? Do you remember that guy when you were at Eastern? You don't? Oh, okay. Well, here he is anyway, and he's holding salmon for the interview. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, does Kyle Vandenbosch think the Cardinals should hire a defensive coach as their next leader? We're going to ask the former NFL defensive end. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, if you hear Metallica, well, you know it's time to talk to Kyle Vandenbosch. Metallica! Who joins us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Kyle, thanks for the time. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thanks for... Kyle, where do we find you right now? Do you mind me asking you that? Are you working out? Are you and your boys uh, throwing the weight around right now? Where are you? 
Well, that's actually a really good question, Wolf, because now he's gone. Wow. That was... <laughs> and we had him right there. We had the Metallica. It's Metallica's really, gone. Really Kyle's gone. And then all of a sudden, you greeted him, and he was gone. No, actually, you asked him specifically where he was, and he's like, I'm out of here. Yeah, but he was gone before I asked the question, Well, that obviously. might be true. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. All right. Well, we'll effort to get Kyle back here. I will say this while we wait. This is the... And I'm not saying they're going to hire Sean Payton. This is the most optimistic I've been that they're going to hire Sean Payton in the entire process. It's been a roller coaster, hasn't it? It, Up it and has. Down. I like this guy. I like that guy. That heights. That's but I've the never problem. really but you've bought it, be, But you gotta be, you've got to be somebody that is sitting inside that room asking the questions and hearing the answers to those questions I, to truly understand true. what's going on. I think if you made me, if you said you got to take all your money and you got to put it on one of these candidates, who's, who are they going to hire? I think I'd Probably lean Dan Quinn right now. Mm. Not not my choice, just who I think they're going to hire. But this is, if you told me, I want Sean Payton, what are the chances? I would say right now at 1.32 p.m. on January 26th, this is the most optimistic I've thought that he might be their guy, actually, yeah. the way this is going. All right, Kyle Vandenbosch is back on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, Kyle, let's. Uh, I, I feel like I might know where you're going to lean on this this question, but there's been a lot of defensive minds that they have been interviewing for this Cardinals head coaching job. Um, would you prefer defense, offense? Does it matter for this role? Uh, I don't know if which side of the ball particularly matters. Um, you know, to me, as an outsider and even as an insider, somebody that's gone through coaching changes, um, you want structure, you want discipline. Um, you know, look, that was apparent uh, from Monty Austin Ford's initial press conference that um, he wants accountability um, up and down throughout this organization. And I, I think that's what they're looking for. Um and and so to me typically that comes from more of a defensive minded type of head coach um somebody that's going to focus on fundamentals somebody that might lean a little bit more toward um you know a physical type of training camp a physical type of practice week uh to get players prepared um and for me you know I'm I'm all for that yeah, I was just I was going to ask you that, Kyle. Um, in regard to the Tennessee Titans, how much of the Titans do you think Monty Ossenford is going to bring to the Arizona Cardinals? Um, I, I I think the philosophy, um, you know, what the Titans do is they start from the line of scrimmage, um, and, and quite frankly. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people want to look at the quarterbacks um, that are left in the playoffs. Uh, the fact that there's the head coaches are offensive head coaches. Um, but to me, you look at how these teams are built, and there's been a huge emphasis on all of the teams um, on building from the line of scrimmage. You know, the Niners draft a defensive lineman every year. The Eagles um, have one of the best offensive lines in football. Cincinnati upgraded their offensive line. The Chiefs have one of the best offensive lines in football. They can all get after the quarterback. And so I think that's what Monty Austin Ford brings. He understands the value of building a team from inside out. You know, look, you can you can find a quick fix. You can find a quick boost to your offense by bringing in elite skill players. But, you know, he's talking about um, building a sustainable program, building a sustainable organization. And to me, the only way you do that is if you're strong in the trenches. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Kyle Vandenbosch. Uh, Kyle, one of the, the wrinkles here is whoever the new coach is, 
probably not going to have Kyler Murray at the start of next year. Just in your experience in this league, is what sort of challenge does that present in terms of trying to implement a new culture when your starting quarterback isn't there at the very beginning, or, or in some ways does it make it maybe easier? Yeah, I don't know that it makes a big difference. Um, again, you, you establish what your identity is. You establish your principles. And, you know, everybody, including backup quarterback, starting quarterback, um, everybody needs to buy in. Um, and, and then you can move forward. So to me, it's more about everybody being in line with with the program. You know, a, a head coach, um, you know, even the GM with his personnel moves, um, signals which direction this organization is going to go. And if, if that signal is, look, we are going to be a physical football team. We are going to be built for the rigors of the NFL. Um, you know, we're going to be disciplined. We're going to be accountable. Everybody's going to be, um, you know, on their P's and Q's and know their game plans uh, in a week in and week out basis. Then I think it, you know, obviously, it, you know, it's a, it's a different story. Um, we're not having Kyler Murray out there for the first part of next season but at the same time I think what we're looking for from the outside is you know less penalties less um, mistakes in game management um, less uh, mental errors less less breakdowns on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball um, and that's something I think everybody can get behind you know I, I think everybody wants to see um, you know the the quick turnaround the the obvious differences but it might be the more subtle things that are more important at this point it's it's, it's paying attention to details and and making sure that everybody knows what they're supposed to do and everybody executes accordingly. So, Kyle, with all the names that are out there right now that the Arizona Cardinals have actually interviewed, all the names they haven't, but the names that are just floating around the Cardinals organization, do you have a favorite candidate? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I, I do think, you know, uh, Dan Quinn is gaining a lot of steam. I think he's done a fantastic job. I think he he would bring in the type of culture that this organization is looking for. Uh, but I think you can also get that from a Brian Flores, uh, D'Amico Ryan's, and you know, look, um, you know, I, I played against a lot of Sean Payton. Uh, coach teams and his teams are disciplined and he does a great job of game planning. Um, and I, I, you know, he's been coaching, he's been a head coach long enough that, um, you know, I'm sure he walks in with a, you know, with binders full of practice schedules and off season schedules, and he's been through every situation. So there is something to be said for that. Um, you know, it's going to cost the team, you know, a chunk of change to bring him in. It's going to cost them potentially draft picks, which to me, I don't know that we can afford to give up. And, you know, the only downfall with Sean Payton is, you know, having played against his teams is he still uses fullbacks. And I think that that's kind of a, um, a lost art. And I don't think it's, there's a place for that in the NFL anymore. <laughs> Antiquated. Wait a minute. Give me the protective cup. Let me slide that thing in. Thank Kyle you. Kyle just hit you. Don't even realize that it's coming. I knew, yeah, he knew it was coming. Uh, talking to Kyle Vandenbosch. Kyle, the, um, there's so much uncertainty, obviously, right now with, with you know, without having a coach. You just get the GM last week if you were in any of these uh these interviews is there one or two things that stand out that you would most want to know from one of these candidates or maybe all of them yeah i think that's just it is you know what what is your identity um look you 
as a head coach, um, you have to be true to yourself. And um, you can't fake your way um, through a job. You can't try to be somebody you're not. And I think you get a feeling from that based on uh, people's track records. But you get a feeling from that by, by interviewing them and asking them, you know, what what type of culture are you, go- you going to establish? How are you going to make sure that the players follow that plan and there's follow through? And, um, you know, what what type of training camp are we going to run? Um, you know, if and when we make a, a late season run, you know, how, how are you going to structure practices? I think you get down to the, the nitty gritty details because you can't really, you know, at this point, the, the thing I appreciate about this process uh, taking longer than than probably a lot of people expected is is they are doing their due diligence. I think they're asking the tough questions, and I think that they're going to explore every avenue to make sure they get it right. And and I really do appreciate that. You know, I think the worst thing you can do is um, try to go after that that big flashy signing um, and and just hope it goes well. I think that they want to get the right guy. Now, you know, you know, Michael Bidwell has been through this process before, and you get the indication that, um, you know, he really wants to get it right this time. And and just the fact that, you know, they're interviewing so many candidates, they're starting to bring candidates back for second interviews. Um, You get the impression that they are going to get it right this time. And and I think that, you know, I feel good about it. And I think Cardinals fans can feel good about that as well. Kyle, we appreciate the time as always, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, bro. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. That's Kyle Vandenbosch joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, not afraid to take a shot at the fullback position on his way out. The <laughs> no, door. I just love that though. KVB. Well, I like it because he never breaks what a character. He was too, though. I mean, this is this is a guy that epitomizes what you want on your football team. Period. I know that. I know that the game has changed. Quite a bit. It has. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, that pendulum has swung back. And this is still a game. As long as you're going to put a mouth guard in and you're going to put pads on, it's going to be drive the other guy into the ground and do it with malice and enjoy it. Have at it. And that was Kyle Vandenbosch. Interesting what he said about facing Sean Payton's teams a lot, too, and how just disciplined and buttoned up they were. Uh, we are less than three weeks away from Super Bowl 57, and Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. So text SUPER to 620-620 to register and listen for your name starting February 6th. You can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. That's got to be one of our better giveaways this year, Wolf, tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. We come back. What do the Suns want for Jay Crowder? We might actually have an answer. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, final segment of the show here on this Thursday, the most productive day of the week, Wolf. How far can we go with this? I mean, Sean Payton's been interviewing with the Cardinals for a while now. He's out there at the facility, I would assume. Still, he's been oh, Your mind is racing on this, is it not? It is, is it racing. Not? They're sitting around. They're eating salmon. Okay, maybe not the salmon. Uh, maybe some tuna. I hate tuna. Tuna's so nasty. <laughs> Why in the world would you eat tuna when you could eat salmon? Do you think they let Sean pick, and they're like, we're going to judge 
we're going to make our decision based on what he picks off this menu. You know, I will tell you, there are coaches uh, at the college level and the NFL level that will tell you um, they judge a person based on the face mask that they pick. Okay, I know my brothers are like that as well. If you pick a certain kind of face mask, it says who you are as a football player. What's the wrong face that is mask? funny. Well, one that doesn't have a lot of bars. Well, yeah, I mean yeah. that's like the old punter face mask. Well, right? yeah, but yeah, but nobody wears the single bar yeah. anymore. So you want as many Scott bars as player. possible. Um, you want like a hockey mask while you're playing? Uh, no, there, you can have too many. You can have too okay. many bars. You could be psycho. You could use somebody who's just nuts, and you've so you got to find that balance. The honeycomb face yeah. mask. Have you ever seen yeah. the honeycombs? Well, yeah, it's like yeah. the hockey cage. Like if you're up to, I think junior hockey, you have to wear the full cage. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's so many bars. You can barely see the puck for a while. Yeah, it's hard to describe the kind of bar that I I, I preferred and the kind of face mask that I wore. It's that you're not wearing one on your All Pro Command. And they didn't poster. make it. Yeah, and they didn't make it as well. I like the kind that has the double reinforced box, just the box that's right in front. Of you. I love that. That is awesome. We got to get Wolf a helmet to just wear during the I know. show. Sometimes. Where, where is the face mask? No, I wish no. I could see it right now and smell it. Uh, here, I'm gonna. Abruptly change the topic to this. Okay, this is uh, Zach Lowe from the Low Post podcast talking about the you know, Phoenix Suns. Okay, probably going to trade Jay Crowder. Well, what do they want for Jay Crowder? Right, yeah. you probably just want. I, I mean, I think you just kind of want Jay Crowder back, but like a Jay Crowder that likes it here or gets along with the coaches or whatever the mystery is that really doesn't need to be a mystery. They could just say what it is, but whatever. Okay, we can. That's a different thing. So what do they? What do the Suns want? Well, here's Zach Lowe. Someone told me that, uh, that has some interest in Crowder that those, the Suns seem to want two of the following three things. A good young player, a first-round pick, and a rotation, a, almost a starter, Crowder-level player. Two of those three. <laughs> and it's like, that's cool. Like That's why Jay Crowder hasn't been traded yet. Because he hasn't... We're 50 games into the season. He hasn't played... <laughs> And he's in the last year of his contract. I love that right there. Just two of those three. They yeah. don't need all three. You can pick which two. How about that? Here's a menu. You check off which a, two boxes. A good young player, a, a first-round pick, and a rotation player that's a starter. Or, you know, if he's a sixth guy. Maybe a sixth man, yeah. You know what? A, a Jay Crowder. Yeah. <laughs> so you want a good young player, a first-round pick, or Jay Crowder, basically. Why not just forget all that? Just trade for John. Morant. That's true. <laughs> why why that. are you lowering your standards? <laughs> we want Ja Morant. J for Ja. It's perfect. It really is like the analogy earlier, Wolf. I'm going to give you a $10 bill, okay? Yeah. And I need you to give me back two of these three things. Okay, wait a minute. Two of the three two things. Of the th- There's two, okay? okay? Yeah, right. A 10, a 20, and a 50. Just give me back two of those. Okay. I'll give you the $10 bill. <laughs> that just sounds a little one-sided. You know what? Take it or leave it. Yeah. Okay. That's not going to happen. So I understand this. This is what you do when you come in. You want that first offer to be steep, don't you? Of course. You you want Jay Crowder? Well, this is the way we value Jay Crowder. 
That's right. We want two of these three things right here. And we're not going to give them to you unless you reach to I mean, think I about it. I wonder if they went in, they were like. How do you not laugh if you're James Jones on the phone saying <laughs> You can't break character if you're going to ask for it. I wonder if he started with like, I want these three things. And you know what, though? I like you. How about just two of those three things? <laughs> you remind me of me. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, that's what you do. Of course, you're going to come in with this ridiculous offer and you're going to feel your opponent out. That's that's what you're going to do and hope that somewhere you're going to be able to meet in the middle. And I see this as an extreme offer. We want two of the three, but you get to pick the two. Yeah, no, That's kind of cool. We're basically, so don't call us unreasonable. It's, it, you'd be irresponsible to not do it after yes. we gave you that option. <laughs> now, this is this part's all okay, funny, hilarious. Uh, this part's not so much. This is Bobby Marks on the same podcast, and, and I think, honestly, he's probably on to something here. He hasn't played, right? I think if he would have been like, you know, when P.J. Tucker was traded from Houston to Milwaukee, he was on the court, right? He played, right? Like, so I think there would be more interest if he, if he was out there um, competing and seeing where guy, you know, like maybe it, it becomes maybe the two out of those three things on that Phoenix wish list gets checked off here. But I just think, you know, his shooting numbers started to take a little bit of a dive. What's what type of role is he willing to accept? Is he willing to come off your bench for you? You know, like that's for me, that's where I'm like, you know, hey, I'll give you, you know, an expiring and maybe a, a guy that's got another year in a second like that. That's, you know, that's probably more of the, the, the price tag. I think he's really on to something there. I mean, if you think about the way this season has played out, there would have been a stretch in there. And even now still, if this if any part of this at the start of the year was Jay Crowder doesn't want to have to come off the bench. He would have been starting most of the season because so many guys have been hurt. Yeah. He'd be putting up numbers because most of the guys are hurt, so he's got to put up the numbers. And that's a much easier way to sell a team. You know, if I'm going to you and I'm saying, okay, I got Jay Crowder, and I want two of these three things, isn't your first question going to be like, well, if you like Jay Crowder so much, why aren't you playing him? Yes. Oh, don't worry about that. He just doesn't get along with us. Yeah. Okay, well, how do I know he's going to get along with us? I know. That's the that's what blows my mind right there, Luke, what you just said. Because, again, you can look at all the physical elements of Jay Crowder and everything that he brings to the table. And, of course, you're going to do that. But, man, I would want to know. I seriously, what exactly happened what is going on? How did you get in this situation with him, James? That had to be the first question that every general manager asked. I would think so. Right? If you're asking for anything of significance back for Jay Crowder, you're probably going to have to give an explanation for why you don't even want to play him. Yes. Or he doesn't want to play. I, we know he does. We know he does want to play. So why it is what happened? And it better be a good story, James. It better be legit. Because we're talking about acquiring this guy right now, and we are going to talk to him. You know that's going to happen as uh, well. Yeah. They're going to get the opportunity to talk to him. The stories better line up. This is one of those situations, and you've seen it in the NBA before. I'm trying to think of a good NBA example. I mean, you see it in other sports where it's like, okay, kind of have differences. Both the team and the player know this probably isn't the long-term solution. But you get together. And you say, look, it's better for all of us. You go out there and play, put up some numbers, remind everybody how good you are. It'll make it easier for us to trade you. You'll go somewhere you want to go. Yeah. We'll get something back. Yeah. And instead they were like, I, I'm not talking to you. You don't talk to me. And uh, somebody will give us a lot for you. Yes. No. Um, 
No, you're right, man. But for me, if I were a general manager, if I were a general manager and I was trying to acquire Jay Crowder, yeah, I'm interested in Jay Crowder. I want to acquire. That would be the the first thing that I would do. All right, let's, let's you tell play me this exactly. Out. No, you tell me exactly what happened with Jay Crowder. Okay, well, I can't do that. Okay, good. Uh, here, this, this is what it would be. I will. I will tell you right now. I'm not going to complete this deal until I talk to Jay Crowder myself as to what happened. What if I knocked it down from all three of those things to just two of those things you had to trade me for Jay Crowder? Then would you not call Jay? <laughs> no, I'm calling Jay. <laughs> what if, if you ask me for one of these things, I'm calling Jay. I, I don't understand. I mean, that, I'm sure that's happening. That's why I'm a little concerned that it's ultimately going to be, okay, the Suns moved on from Jay Crowder and got a second round pick. It's a he said, he said situation right Yeah, there. that's not working out so well. No, it really it's isn't. It's not. It's killing us. I think the only way speaking. the only way you get something for him of of value is either you get a team that is just desperate for Jay Crowder or they have they're in a similar situation where they don't like a player they have and they want to move him <laughs> or he's part of something bigger, right? Or it's, maybe they want to bring Jay Crowder into their locker room to rough somebody up and <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody's gotten a little egotistical. Maybe they need somebody to interpret emojis for them. They're like, <laughs> we hear Jay is especially good at this. Hey Jay, we want you to come in and get that locker room straight. You know what I'm talking about? But even then, they're only going to give you one thing. They're not going to give you two of those things. I, I think at this point, you got to be Jay Crowder and some picks for this player going to a third team. And this it's going to have to be the most complicated first day of owning a team ever for Matt Ishbia. Yeah. Hey, Matt, congratulations. Here's a 17-team trade we're trying to pull off. You better be schooled up in that February 8th press conference <laughs> because it's coming. Uh, all right. Thanks to uh, Aaron Maloney behind the glass today. Thanks to Jay. Jesse Morrison as well for uh, for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gabo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.